It's time to announce our Twitch live stream for this month. This time, we're recording a bonus episode on Saturday, April 23rd at 4 p.m. Pacific or 7 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on twitch.tv slash swghosts. If you can't make it, Patreon listeners $5 and above will receive the recording on patreon.com slash sexwithghosts. We're drinking banana daiquiris. We'll post the recipe in time for you to make it. And shooting rum, baby. Again, that's twitch.tv slash swghosts. See ya in time. Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget here with our deep underwater expert of the hour, Molly. Hey, Bridget. And the reason we're going deep sea diving is because today we are looking for mer people. Molly, what are your feelings on the mer people? I don't have a lot of feelings on them, I guess. Recently, I did see. Twitter post that was some sort of image of reverse mer people, which was kind of fun. It's the fish with the human legs, which is creepy. Oh, that's kind of fun. It it was kind of fun though, you know. But I guess when I was younger, I did really like the little mermaid as a movie. Oh, I loved it. I used to pretend I was a mermaid all of the time. Even when I was like probably of an age where I should have grown out of it, I was still pretending to be a mermaid. (laughs) I have no idea what happened to this, but I did have a little mermaid mural painted in one of my rooms. Oh. Yeah. It was a long, long time ago, though. And we moved out of that house. It was like the first house. It was like the second house that my parents lived in after they had me. But we didn't live there for a super long time. So I'm going to ask you at the beginning and see how you feel at the end. But Do you think mermaids are real? I would imagine if they were real, that it would be more of a Harry Potter mermaid, perhaps. What's the Harry Potter mermaid? It's really more of a sea creature as opposed to a human-fish hybrid. Okay. Are they, like, bipedal? Do they have feet? Do they have They don't have feet, but they also, they don't speak English, like... And their their features are more fish-like, I guess. What was that movie that came out a couple of years ago that won the Oscars? Oh, yeah. The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. Sure. So would that be more of a Harry yeah. Potter? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Molly is showing me a picture of a Harry Potter right. mermaid. More creature-looking. Right. The Shape of Water creature was even more creature-ish, for sure. And it had legs. Yeah. But similar in the, like, the top part would be more fish-like. Yeah. But also humanoid. So, anyway, the point being that if they do exist, they would look more like that. How about you? I, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this. And it probably has to be... In some capacity, more creaturey. I don't know if this is true, but I think I heard it once. So now it's true in my mind. But like when your fingers wrinkle, that's a reaction to being in the water too long to create friction for when you're like trying to grab things underwater is what they think that evolution is. And I feel like that would be the entirety of a mermaid, even if a mermaid was hairless. There has to be some sort of change in its body because it's living in water, right? I agree. Yes. It would not make sense to have a human sort of skin. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's an idealized human, but it is maybe human-esque. So mermaids. Everybody kind of has an opinion on mermaids. And 
I think to start, we should talk about the definition of a mermaid because I think there are some discrepancies and we'll talk about it. So a mermaid is thought of as being a mythical sea-dwelling creature and often described as having a head and body of a woman and a fish's tail below the waist. The English word mermaid is a compound of mare, Old English for sea, and maid, obviously referring to a girl or a young woman. Now, many ancient Greek myths equate sirens with mermaids. And we'll talk a little more Greek myth here in a moment. But first, I think it's really important to talk about this because people are just saying like, oh, you know how mermaids are sirens. Or like they use those words pretty interchangeably. I don't know if you've noticed that. I feel like I've noticed that, especially watching things in the paranormal universe where people just automatically are equating these two things. That's interesting because I was recently getting back into a game franchise that I've played before, Borderlands, and they have sirens that are not mermaids. Yes, it's kind of like a a square rectangle situation Mm -hmm. where mermaids can be sirens. Yes. But sirens aren't necessarily mermaids. That makes more sense to me. Okay. And the reason why we have this confusion, they think it goes back into Greek culture. And just to, I guess, sort of clear up, a siren is going to be a creature that is luring usually men, but people into harmful situations. And... A mermaid, in some cases, isn't inherently that. And we'll talk more about that. Can sirens be male? Oh, that is a great question. I would arguably say yes, because most sirens are shapeshifters. And in some lore, that Mm -hmm. also means they can shapeshift their gender. So I feel like the answer is yes. But I would say the prevalent thought is that they're women, and I blame the patriarchy for that. Right. Yeah. But that makes more sense. A siren probably actually doesn't have a gender. Yes. Whereas a technical mermaid, technical merperson can have a gender, right? Yeah. That's also, well, and it kind of depends. It kind of depends on what you think mer people are mm. because. In some cultures, the mer people are thought of more as spirits, and this is just the bodies they inhabit, or like demons. So, who's to say? You know, mm. this is yeah. the, this is the problem we're always talking about with gender. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to open a can of worms or anything, but like, I just thought it was it is interesting to think about. It's kind of funny too because I think given our current culture and the way we think about gender it's so more open than what it was five years ago even so to me as gender becomes less important rightfully so i think it's also opened up a lot of the way you see like old lore and who's like telling these stories and i think about that when i do my research because then you're like oh, this person keeps on referring to this entity as like a very specific gender and they're trying to portray a very specific story. And I feel like that informs me what kind of source I'm using. Yeah. So kind of interesting thought there. (laughs) Anyways, in early Greek mythology, we see sirens as half women, half bird creatures. And we see them as these half women, half fish creatures. And the first appearance of sirens comes in Homer's Odyssey, which was written in the 8th century BC. In his epic poem, the titular hero of the story ties himself to the mast of a ship to hear the song of the sirens in order to protect the ship from being destroyed. And it's kind of where the term siren song originates from. Is referring to a request that is hard to resist, but if heeded, will lead to a catastrophe. And in Homer's poem, he doesn't describe the sirens at all. And historians look at this and they fit, 
the logical reason would be like he didn't need to describe them because his audience would have known what a siren was. Yeah. But then this kind of became, there's like this change that happens. And with the siren, all we know is that their song will ensnare anyone who hears it. And later writers would specify that the sirens possessed wings and that they had the heads of beautiful women and the bodies of birds. And their influence might have came from the Near Eastern myth creatures like the Ba of Egyptian cosmology, which are human face birds and they're closely associated to other world stuff. Sirens are seen mourning the dead in funerary art, and they were also connected to Persephone, who we've talked about before in this podcast. So Despina Cephicus is an archaeologist of the Athena realm, and she suggests that sirens could have gained avian attributes after Homer when others were trying to illustrate his work. Okay. And we know that fish-tailed people have been a subject of art for a long time, which I'll go into it. And then in about medieval times, sirens stopped being bird ladies and became fish ladies. But it doesn't seem throughout the history of it that the birds and the fish, it doesn't seem like they're interchangeable. I just want to bring up that we do have harpies, which are also bird women. So I wonder if that was just a later kind of distinction. Well, it could also have to do with what part of the world you're in, Mm -hmm. because everybody kind of has a different names for the same things. And I'm going to go over that in a bit, what different cultures call mermaids and how they view them. Mm. Let's go into the history. One more thing before we go into history, the idea that Perhaps the physical traits of the siren are, or not, well, I guess it would be the siren specifically, are either unknown or horrific in some way because the person is lured in by the song and it doesn't really matter what they look like at that point because they're already ensnared, right? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is that if you're a siren, your mission is to like kill someone. And if you're... A mermaid, depending on where you're from or where you're at, the mermaid's your friend. <laughs> sure. But it could also be bad. They're like us. Mermaids are just like us. <laughs> so in the history, the actual origin of mermaids is not known, as the myth does seem to be global and vast. And we do see some mermaid evidence. Should put the air quotes over evidence. <laughs> In ancient civilizations. So, like, we see that mermaids have been present in culture for a long time. Archaeologists have found accounts in Babylonian mythology of the god Ea, described him as having the body of both a man and a fish. And then Ea kind of evolved into the Greek's god Oans, and by some Semitic tribes as Dagon. So we see, even though that's technically not a mermaid, it's a god, I guess. It shows that, like, we've been thinking about this fish man for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of the earliest mermaid legends appears in Syria around 1000 BC when the goddess Atargetus dove into a lake and took form of a fish. I saw an, a story where... She accidentally killed her mortal lover. Like they made love and her body was oh. like too powerful for him or something. <laughs> she killed him. And so she as like self-punishment and shame is why she wants to jump into the sea and live the rest of her life wow. as a sea creature. And there's different variations of that story. And part of the story too is like the reason she's half human looking and half fish was Her beauty was so great that the gods wouldn't let her take a full fish form. Is that kind of similar to the original Little Mermaid story? Do you know? No, it's not. I mean, only similar in that both have like a sort of sad 
ending. Okay. In the original Little Mermaid, she does not get the prince. And so she's so heartbroken that when she turns to see, she like turns into like a thousands of pieces of like dust or something and then becomes the wind. Oh. And then she becomes a spirit living in the wind. Okay. Which is also just an original sad story. And if I spoiled that for you, I'm sorry. It's been around for a while. Archaeologists have found Adargatus's figure on ancient temples, statues, and coins. So pretty well acknowledged. Early Britons, such as the Celts, have folktales of mermaids. There are no illustrations from that time. So what they know in terms of their depictions are basically, you know, what's written. But the earliest depiction that we find in England is in the Norman Chapel of Durham Castle, which was built around 1078 by Saxon stonemasons. Supposedly, it is a strange carving with the mermaid found alongside two leopards in several hunting scenes. Historians believe the mermaid symbolizes the temptations of the soul, which I don't understand how historians... (laughs) Put that together. That makes absolutely no sense to me. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. You have some explaining to do. <laughs> That's bad. And I feel like we need a new historian to go look at that. That's like one of those definite, like, the old historians had certain biases. Yeah. I need someone to explain this to me who's aware of the things <laughs> happening in today's culture. Yikes. Anyways, so like I said, I'll tell you about some mermaids in different cultures. In Greece and Rome, there's the famous Greek folktale that claimed that Alexander the Great's sister, Thessaloniki, had transformed into a mermaid upon her death in 295 BC and lived in the Aegean Sea. And whenever a ship would pass, she would ask the sailors one question. Is King Alexander alive? And if the sailors answered correctly, declaring he lives and reigns and conquers the world, then the mermaid would allow the ship to continue on its journey. Any other answer was said to anger her, and she would conjure up a storm and doom the vessels and the sailors to a death at sea. Now, I can see that being kind of helpful this story being like hey if you run into any soldiers or people asking about if you're loyal to alexander you should say yes or you'll die that's really good i was like that's weird but i gotta say you make a very good point i told you she was a historian folks or something like that at the beginning britain believed mermaids to be a bad omen although beautiful they were said to seduce sailors and drown them merely for the sake of the mermaid's entertainment or wrath. So that's kind of more of a siren take. Yeah. I think I understand why, because at least so far, I haven't done extensive mermaid research like Britta has, but it does seem like humans being very human-centric would be like, why does a mermaid matter? Well, it matters because it affects me. Because otherwise... (laughs) Who gives a shit? (laughs) That's good. I like it. Good take. In Ireland, we have the marrows. Female marrows are said to be very beautiful with long green hair and resemble our traditional views of mermaids. Their counterpart, the male marrow, is considered grotesque, cruel, and more fish than man. They have green skin, teeth, and hair, sharp red noses, and tiny narrow eyes. Now, I do believe that if The Little Mermaid was made in this year by Disney, that it would be much more likely that it would have green hair rather than the human. Oh, yeah. I bet it would even be more fish-human ambiguous. Yeah. Like, they they made her, like, a sexy 14-year-old for a reason. You're sick, Disney. Disney, if you're listening right now, you're fucking sick. Well, this was 80s Disney, so. They're still sick. Look up Bob Chopek. Hey, but they 
very lately, very delayed. I don't even know how to say this. The whole uh, gay law. They finally stood up for it. Oh, they did? After a lot of pressure. Yeah, after a long, long time. Before their California employees were ready to walk out. And then some freaking Republicans were like, yeah, let's boycott Disney. Jesus Christ. Which is everything the Republicans have tried to boycott in like the last five years did nothing. Sorry. Tangent. All marrows have webbed fingers and are able to shape shift to look like land dwellers at the aid of a magic red cap. If the cap is stolen, the creature cannot shift back. So if they turn into a land dweller and someone stole their hat, they're still a land dweller. This is not the creature of the red cap. There's a creature called the red cap, right? Oh, I didn't know that. The red cap is a type of malevolent murderous goblin found in border folklore. He is said to inhibit ruined castles along the Anglo-Scottish border. Probably a cousin. One of the things I read I thought was dumb enough to say was like, oh, if the the cap is stolen, the creature can't shift back. How a man might end up with a marrow bride. Oh, no. Like, I just imagine some guy being like, honey, you don't need this hat, do you? Tossing it up. And now you're married to a human. Being married to humans, they can interbreed with humans. The kids will have webbed hands and feet and even scaly skin in some cases. The ruthless nature of a male marrow is why creatures have said to have the relationships with the humans. So the women marrows intentionally like to hook up with human males because no one wants to hook up with a male marrow. Okay, I see. Do you know, if are these stories because of children with webbed hands and feet? Scaly skin? You know what? That is so funny because you know how that's like a genetic trait? Right, yeah. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, because I kind of have webbed toes a little bit. I mean, it's not bad, but they're a little webbed. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm part mermaid at some point. One of my great, 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 great grandmothers came up from the sea and made it with a human man. Perhaps. Um, Definitely not a result of inbreeding, I'm sure. Anyways, (laughs) in Scotland... And this might sound familiar because I I don't know. When I heard it, I was like, oh, I feel like I've heard of these before. The Selkies. Yeah. Did we talk about them during another cryptid episode? I believe we've mentioned them before. I wonder if it was like in the Loch Ness. Oh, maybe it was in the Loch Ness. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Anyways, the Selkies. Well, not exactly fishy. The Scottish Selkie has been connected to mermaid mythology. These shape-shifting creatures live as seals while in the sea and transform into humans while on the land. They are said to be fallen angels. Too good for hell, but not good enough to be in heaven. I think the other story is like the one I've talked about before. There's like a biblical story about angels descending from heaven to go to hell. And not making it in time between the two worlds created like the jinn. So I think it's kind of similar to that. Mm-hmm. In Gaelic stories, they are often described as Maiden Hara, which is meaning maiden of the sea. In their stories, selkies are indifferent. So their selkies, like mermaids, are just like us. There's stories of them tempting people into the water, but there's also other stories. Stories where they cast off their seal skins, marry humans, and begin families. I did read that the males prefer human females, but the marriage usually does not last long with these guys. So you better look out, ladies. Is it because they don't live on the land? Uh, Okay, so I read kind of two different things. And one of them was like, They don't like to be held down. Okay, okay, fine. (laughs) They don't like a chain and a ball. (laughs) It sounded, they were writing it like, you just can't tame a stallion. And then other things I read was like, they just really love being in the sea. So it's like hard to make them stay on land. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that would be a problem. Did anything around here also mention like drownings or 
like any of that, any crossover with a siren type ish thing. So with the Selkies specifically, there are tales of them murdering people in the water. I'm pretty sure. But unlike the sirens, they're able to also be friendly. And I feel like that could be said with the marrows. They're also um, interbreeding with humans. So I feel like they're also kind of indifferent that way. You can also interbreed with a selkie, but the humans will likely result in webbed hands and feet. Eastern Europe has the rusalki often translated as mermaid. The Rusulki are freshwater nymphs of Slavic mythology. In the south of Russia, these nymphs are depicted as young, beautiful maidens with long blonde hair. In the north, they are old women with green hair, pallid faces, and green glowing eyes. And they also notably have huge cans. Why would that be so different from the south to the north? I was wondering that too. And what's kind of funny, I was thinking, oh, in the south, they probably have better weather. People are like, life is good. Mermaids are beautiful. And in the north, it's like cold and terrible all the time. And so they're probably like, fuck those mermaids, those ugly bitches with big cans. (laughs) So that was... My, my my guess. I see. But I don't know. I, I could not find a reason why there's a difference. Fascinating. But kind of similar to my weird reasoning, these are seasonal cryptids. So in the winter, they stay in the water and they'll be like trapped under the frozen water. And that's like where they reside. And in the summer, they run around the forest. And initially, they were regarded as benevolent spirits of fertility and agriculture. But then for some reason in the 1800s, a different sort of description surfaced, which is that people believed them to be ghosts of women who died violent deaths by drowning. And in their anger and sorrow, the Rasalki now lure men and children into their watery graves. Okay. Now... We've talked about a couple now. Do Rusalki still exist in modern day mythology? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like they probably do, but I don't know, like, to what extent. Sure. I mean, I guess in the same extent that a mermaid exists in our. Well, and I got some interesting stuff coming up ahead. Okay. Okay. There's some kind of wild stuff coming out in Zimbabwe, but we're not there yet. Because we got to talk about Southeast Asia and they have the Suvanamaka. So the Suvanamaka is a mermaid princess. The name means golden fish. And it's written in the Ramayana, which is a Sanskrit epic. One of the heroes, Hanuman, attempts to build a bridge of stones across the sea. His plans become hampered by the Suvanamaka. Or by Suvanamaka, it's a name. So this would be a singular creature. Yes. As opposed to a species. Yes. Okay. But I mean, if she's a mermaid princess, she must have a family. That's true too. Good point. Makes sense. But the one that people, I guess, fixate on is Suvanamaka. Kind of like Ariel. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. So she obstructs his plans to build this bridge. And so the two meet, they fall in love. And Suvanamaka actually ends up helping Hanuman finish the path. And so now she's regarded as a herald of good luck and her figure is depicted in charms, streamers, and icons throughout Cambodia, Thailand, and Laos. So she's a good luck. She's not a siren. Sure. And the Chinese describes mermaids as capable, beautiful, and able to turn their tears into pearls. They're seen as gentle and mild and a blessing of the sea. Korea, similar to China, they depict sea maidens as a good omen. They see her as a goddess that warns fishermen of sea storms and impending doom. And these aren't as specific, some of these that I'm going over in terms of like Korea was researching it. It wasn't like, here's a special name, although I'm sure they have. One, I'm kind of just going over all these cultures, I guess, to sort of make a point that everybody sort of sees these 
generalized a different way, but each of these could be like their own episode. Yes. And yeah, the idea that humans inherently see some sort of humanoid sea creature as like a normal thing. Like not a normal thing, but you know, like universal human concept. Yes, 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 yes. Japan. So their version is more dark, believing mermaids are grotesque creatures that bring warfare to land if their body is found washed up on a shore. Their flesh is believed to grant immortality if consumed. But since mermaids are a symbol of storms and bad luck, sailors, of course, avoid them. Why? Why would you consume? Why? Oh, I'm sure that like, especially like, you know, you go to like a eastern herbalists and there's always like something wild in there i'm sure there's guys hawking mermaids that makes me a little bit nervous like are you finding dead bodies and selling them as mermaids me and barnum and bailey's did that but they Mm -hmm. did it i think they were using like monkeys (laughs) i think they were sewing monkeys and fish together and they're like this is an early mermaid no (laughs) dip right up and i was reading that japan also has kappa and Kappa are kind of described similarly, but I wasn't exactly sure if the site I was reading about Japan, because they didn't use a word, I didn't know if they were referring to the Kappa. But what I was also reading about the Kappa is that it definitely seems like it's more of a spirit. It's a spirit that does have like a physical body, but because of its supernatural qualities, I think it's more thought of as a spirit. No. I wonder if we could translate, similar to what you were saying with the north and south of Eastern Europe, if you could kind of see societies that were more prone to war and societies that were more peaceful. And their views on mermaids? Yeah, because it's like, it's more of like, if you're seeing everything as a threat, as opposed to Seeing things as benevolent. Yeah. I mean, I I think we've talked about this before. I feel like when we talked to elves, we talked about this. But I think with the mermaids and the elves and a lot of these cryptids, I don't think they're, most of them are not an entity of evil or an entity of good. I think a lot of these spirits and cryptids and whatever, what have you, are more ambiguous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like when these society people are like, this is what it means, it kind of says more about them as a society. Like they're projecting their insecurities on these legends. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Next, we got Africa. And in the West, South, and Central Africa, a range of tales exist about the mythical water spirits called Mamiwada, which means water as mother or mother of the waters. These spirits or divinities stem from multiple African cultures with ancient roots. There doesn't seem to be a singular characteristic to their identity per se. The Mamiwada's Gender is fluid, means sometimes she can obviously appear as a man, sometimes as a woman. The spirit is worshipped both for their benevolence in offering beauty, healing, and wisdom, and as a way of warding off natural disasters. Zimbabwe believes very strongly in mermaids, calling them injuzu. What's funny is I'm going to tell you a story in the near future about Zimbabwe and mermaids. And I was like trying to verify the story. And let me tell you, there are some very strong feelings about people in Zimbabwe and mermaids. Huh. Okay. But the Njuzu is blamed for bad weather, water disasters, and the disappearance of men. And I saw even children when I was doing the verification thing. So it's serious business in Zimbabwe. But then Juzu lives in rivers and lakes. And if any person goes missing in these areas, it's said they were taken by the Juzu, especially if they never return. That seemed to be a very common headline just by typing in mermaids in Zimbabwe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Brazil, the idea for their mermaid allegedly is Lady of the Waters or known as Lara. And I think that's interesting because I feel like there's a couple different cryptids in that part of the world that does something similar because she's known for making men disappear in the Amazon. But I feel like that's just like a whole another episode. So some compelling stuff, okay? Because I was like, it started kind of coming up in my research, but historical sightings of mermaids. We have people who have actually recorded seeing these creatures. In the second century, the governor of Gaul wrote to Emperor Augustus about mermaid corpses that had washed up on shore. And from, from what I was reading, it sounded like, oh, yeah. And then we have all these mermaids washing up on shore. Like everybody commonly believed in mermaids and had mermaid sightings. So, like, it didn't seem like it was too weird other than these bodies are just coming up to shore. Now, how fishy do you think these bodies are? You know what I mean? That's a good question. And some of these stories I was reading, I started thinking about like xenophobia. Mm -hmm. And then you think about like, okay, everybody's like having these weird sailabouts and like taking incredible risks for humans because life wasn't like so enjoyable where you're like, I'm going to spend my whole life here at home. Because you're like, I could die tomorrow. Let's hop on a ship. Let's fight for an emperor. Let's travel as a merchant. Let's fuck some shit up. And so I feel like it would make sense to me that it's probably like people you've never seen before out on ships, getting in shipwrecks, washing up to shore. And then they look probably like part sea creature from the time it takes, right, to wash up to shore. And then you're like, oh, these must be merfolks. But really, it's just people who look different from you who have a bunch of like sea shit stuck to them. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. But I don't know if were people that dumb. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either because it does seem like it would be pretty obvious once you like looked a little bit. But maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Hard to say. In 1493, the ever problematic Christopher Columbus had in his log books that he saw mermaids. But a lot of historians are like, we think he just saw manatees. Yes. Which is also funny. Because then it's like, okay, Christopher Columbus was clearly a psychopath. So maybe he did just see see animals. Well, they, I know that manatees are actually commonly mistaken for humans. So yeah. it is like a common enough thing. Yeah. And the guy who's off his rocker clearly sees them. It probably was. That's sad. I wish he had seen mermaids, although he doesn't deserve to see mermaids. Okay. In the 18th century, Blackbeard had marked certain parts of the seas as enchanted in his logbook and instructed his ship crew to stay clear of these waters for fear of mermaids and sirens. Do we have time for a tangent or not really? Yeah. I have a friend who's obsessed with, what is it? This show about pirates. Oh, uh, our flag means death. Yes, that's the one. I have never looked into that kind of stuff. But apparently, as you obviously know, Blackbeard was like a real person and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I I just watched a couple episodes of that last night. So I watched like the first two episodes, I think, when it first came out. And then I was like, I was OK, but didn't really affect me. And then I kept seeing on Twitter. And TikTok, people were like, this show is awesome. And so the, now I'm like giving it a second try. So I watched a couple more. I think the casting is great and really interesting. I'm just like, the story is not tethering me. I think it becomes more interesting after episode four. Oh. That's what my friend told me. Because of the character that's introduced in episode four. Oh. Okay. I'm even more interested because I did... I was trying to avoid spoilers, but a lot of the spoilers would be like, our flag means death. And here's why it's this character. And then I'm like, oh, and I turn it off because it's like, I don't want to know. But now I'm wondering, because as I've been watching it, I'm like, which character is everybody fucking talking about? So that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> In 1943 at the Kai Islands, 
Japanese World War II soldiers claimed to see mer people. And they tried to get the government to actually look into it because of the number of people who claimed to see them. But the government was like, mm, no, thanks. You know, I should have mentioned that at the beginning because I actually do believe that probably a lot of mermaid sightings are manatees. For real. Oh, you know what? I knew that going into this. Yeah. And I was just going to ignore that. So good on you. Well, yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. I wasn't going to present that. I was going to hold that from our dear listener. And for that, I am ashamed, guys. I'm sorry about that. I just feel like the manatees are taken on too much. You know, they're very ugly sea creatures. I mean, cute, ugly. And... Humans, I guess, are cute, ugly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But come on. Beautiful mermaid versus a toady looking manatee. They can't be a manatee every time. Maybe. That's me holding out hope. In 1967, on Maine Island, tourists were on a ferry and they said they saw a mermaid. They claimed she had blonde hair eating raw salmon. Now, the problem with this is, uh, I'm, I'm just bringing my, all of my skepticism in right now. It's okay. Yeah, do it. It could be a blonde human person eating raw salmon in the water. You can't see the bottom half, which are legs instead of fish. Yeah, that one's kind of weak. But in 1998, Jeff Fletcher, who is a photographer with Jack's Diving Locker, was 20 minutes off the coast of Kauai when he saw what looked like a woman 10 feet away, swimming with a pod of dolphins and keeping up with their fast pace, which Letcher thought that was odd. And then she suddenly jumped into the air, revealing her fish tail. There were 10 witnesses on the boat that said they saw the same thing. They were only able to see her jump twice before she disappeared into the water. This caused Letcher to dive in, and he started taking pictures, hoping to catch the mermaid. An hour later, the mermaid brushed against him while swimming away. So Letcher quickly snapped images and was able to capture one photo as she swam above them. These images were submitted to three high-profile photography labs who analyzed them and said the images were real and that they hadn't been tampered with. And I have the picture in the document. I hate to burst your bubble, but similar that, I don't know. As soon as I heard it, I thought that could definitely be a human wearing fins, you know? Okay. But here's the thing. You got 10 people. Yeah, but a human. 10 people who saw her wearing fins. Now, you don't think one of those 10 would be like, that's fake as hell. You think Jack's diving crew or Jack's whatever it's called has. A special effects guy on call? No, I just think that it just seems like it would be... This is an area where people go diving. Mm -hmm. And it would not be unheard of that someone would be wearing fins swimming in the ocean. And I just don't see... And keeping keeping up with a pod of dolphins? I mean... Yeah, I do know this because I was a swimmer in high school and fins make you very, very fast. Wait, do you think you could swim fast if your legs are together? Yes. Like I actually swam a stroke that would make me look like a mermaid. Okay. I need to do some more investigating. (laughs) But I have another convincing story for you. Okay, this one... I was shook. This was it caused me to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. This was in 2012. There's a dam in Zimbabwe being built and workers were trying to install a water pump for the local agriculture. When the pumps were blocked, local workers and divers were hired to see what was blocking the pipes. After Going down there to investigate and coming back up, the divers and the workers swore they would never return to those waters again because they said they saw a mermaid. The government was like, oh, hell no. Nah. Somebody's got to fix those pipes. So they hired some outside divers to fix it. 
and they also claimed to see the same creature and refused to fix the pumps. So in the article I found, which I couldn't find a date on it, it said that the dam still remains unfinished. I tried to look for an update in 2022, and this is like where I fell down the rabbit hole of like, I couldn't really find an update on the dam, but I found tons of articles about people who claim to see mermaids in Zimbabwe. And I also found an article or a couple articles that said, like kind of around the time this story broke, so the story broke in like 2012 and there's 2012 internet articles and they're like, local government leaders suggest that they brew traditional beer to appease the mermaids. <laughs> like that was supposed to be the result for the mermaids slowing down the progression of the dam. And so I couldn't figure out what the connection was and I was already like in this huge rabbit hole. I don't know, it might be fodder for another episode. But what do you think about that? Multiple people, outside people, are verifying the mermaid claims. That feels more like a, because there's so much lore in Zimbabwe that people are seeing it rather than like. (sighs) Or are they more sensitive to it because they're more open about their lore? They might be, but the, the problem I'm seeing is that like, if you are an outsider. Yeah, colonizer. And you see something in the water that looks like a mermaid. Your automatic thought isn't going to be, this is scary and I should go away and never come back. That's where I'm having a little bit of the problem. They might not be from that village, but they're somewhere within the Zimbabwe culture. Like they didn't invite Americans over, is what you're saying. If they had, then I feel like it would have been a different result because they... Yeah, they would have probably died. Well... Because they don't take mermaids seriously. I mean, maybe, but th- that's also... And then that's reckless, Molly. You don't invite <laughs> non-mermaid believers no, to but, a place of mermaids. But then you're assuming that mer- mermaids are bad. Well, in the Zimbabwe culture, as we talked about before in the history, they they do believe that the mermaids are responsible for a lot of people who disappear. Right. It's also funny, in this rabbit hole, I did find a guy who said he allegedly lived with the mermaids for two years. And he said the reason he didn't die was because they do these sort of tests, kind of like they're basically water fay. But he said he ran into some mermaids in the water, as you do, and they offered him fish and offers him sorghum. And he said yes. And he said the reason most people die from mermaids is because they say no because they're disgusted by it. If you show disgust to a mermaid, they, yeah. So he said, yeah, I'll, I'll take the fish. And then he said, after he said yes to the fish, they brought me even better food. They brought me chicken and rice. And so that's what I ate all the time. Fish, sorghum, chicken, and rice with the mermaids for two years. Okay, okay. I'm so confused as to why none of the divers... I just don't believe it because it just feels like it's like buying into their lore that mermaids are men. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the Japanese thing, right? Like, I mean, sort of like if you eat the mermaid, you gain immortality, but a mermaid will kill you, so you should avoid them. And I don't think Zimbabwe's lore is as extreme as that, but just the possibility that something could kill you is reason enough to swim away from it and have some sort of fear. It's like a fear out of safety, not necessarily like because the creature itself is so fearful. Okay, fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And some other arguments... For the mermaid, as we know, only 5% of the ocean has been discovered, which means there is another 95% left to be explored. I believe that. And there's types of marine animals people know existed 100 years ago that are now found under the sea. There's also a theory that came out in around, I think it was like 1967, I feel like is what I read. But it's the aquatic ape theory. And I'm going to summarize this pretty poorly. I mean, if there's enough interest, we could probably do a whole episode about it. But the basic thought of the theory is that while some apes living on land 
you know, eventually evolved into humans, that there was probably the same time an early evolution where there's apes that were living off of marine life and living in water spaces. And so in the same way that the land apes would evolve into humans, you have the water ape evolving into a mer creature. I would imagine the only argument against that is that there aren't other creatures that are similar already. Like if we compare Bigfoot and Mothman and a mermaid, Bigfoot is the most likely candidate for a real creature because there are already creatures that look like a Bigfoot, whereas a Mothman, there aren't humanoids in the air and there aren't humanoids in the sea. But I feel like the humanoids of the sea have maybe even a better advantage than the humanoids in the land. Because they can hide yeah, in the vast ocean, which is I mean, for a long time, more recent one I'm thinking of is like the giant squid. Forever, wasn't that just like lore that a giant squid existed? And then it was like 10 years ago, bodies started washing up. And then I think it was only a couple of years ago, they actually found one in the sea. Yeah. Alive. Sure, sure. But then we would have to kind of more discuss how does a mermaid live, where do they live, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, I just feel like there's so much we don't know, like with the octopuses. I was recently reading about that because of Spain's, I think it's Spain, is leading the idea of farming them, which is insane because of the competency of octopuses. And it's like, and octopuses are kind of rare, right? Or it's rare to like actually be able to find them and see them in the wild, per se. Especially like the more, I think now I probably sound insane because we eat octopus all the time. But I mean, like, I think the larger ones, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But what I'm trying to say is if octopuses can exist, I think mermaids can exist. I, I see what you're saying, but I also do, well, there's a couple things I want to say. First, that like... The feelings of animals have never stopped humans from murdering them in the first place. Well, the, it has changed agriculture a lot in recent, recent times. That's part of what I was reading. Is like, like pigs, for instance, they're considered a high competency animal. It, it's hard to do the pushback on the pigs because agriculture has evolved so much. So what they've done is... Instead of ending pig agriculture, which we probably technically should, they found ways to make it more comfortable and humane to raise pigs. Okay. But the argument is you can't even do that with octopuses because of the capacity of sea space you would need. Like you wouldn't be able to do that in a farm because part of what sets octopuses off is like when they know they're in captivity or in a place where they can't move around. Mm. And that's when they like become violent or will like off themselves. Got it. Yeah, that makes so that does make sense to me, which kind of makes them impossible to farm. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, it's interesting because there is definite benefits. I've I've tried to do the research on this, and there's definitely benefits to fish farming because it is in a lot of ways more environmentally friendly than wild caught fish but you also have to obviously the octopus is different yeah and i i think that's also true with like certain types of fish like certain types of fish are supposed to be great for farming and other types of fish are not yes you just have to look and a great place to check that out would be the i believe it's at least the monterey bay aquarium where i live now (laughs) has put out mini lists of, you know, like sustainable seafood kind of thing where you can see this would be best eaten farmed or wild or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah. We could put that in the show notes. We should. So do you still feel like mermaids aren't real? I feel a couple different ways. Kind of similar to the Loch Ness Monster, the idea that we're seeing some sort of sea creature from far away. We're attributing, well, Loch Ness Monster and Mothman, we would be attributing human characteristics to this creature. 
does seem still pretty kind of probable, but I do find the argument that the sea is vast and we have like 5% of knowledge of the whole sea as pretty compelling as well. But I do think that we would have to have a big, long conversation about like, I like, do they live at the bottom of the sea? Like, are they like, it's very dark down there. Do they have eyes? <laughs> like, are they, what, what's the deal? Yeah, I think they must have some sort of eyes that that are probably special for sea dwelling. I'm now I'm even going a step further as I'm thinking about this. What if it's a sea creature that has like a psychic power? So like it's such an evolved sea creature that when you look at it, you see it as being part human because it's psychically telling you that. So it could look like anything, but like it reflects in your mind what it is that you want to see. But what's the reason why? Or it's something it reflects back kind of who you are. I, I, I see what you're saying, but my only question would be, why would this creature have evolved so much further than any land or air creature? Octopuses are super smart. And I just feel like if octopuses are super smart, and we're able to catch them. What creatures are we not able to catch? Because they're like even smarter. But why wouldn't there be like, I don't know. There's something there that makes me question like, if that's true, then it just feels like there should be an equivalent on the land and the air. Oh, I don't. Because what would be the, okay, what's the equivalent to octopuses on land? I would say, I thought you were right on with the pigs oh i almost think that they might be smarter than pigs but pigs are pretty smart i don't we need an animal science person i yeah i think it would really require because if they are quite a bit smarter than a pig then maybe i might consider it a little bit differently but is this one of the things that people talk about when they talk about the octopuses is how they're often almost every article i've read about them they're compared to being extraterrestrial. Sure. Yeah. And by that, I think it's the comparison that they evolved separately, but have very high intelligence and that kind of anomaly. And then it's like, well, what else is down there? Yeah. But I just feel like I don't, I think that we feel like emotionally that the octopus being intelligent is somehow like, more of an anomaly than a pig being intelligent because it lives in the sea, even though they should be actually compared directly. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the sea thing, though, is huge because with pigs, like the evolution of pigs and their intelligence, not that we have anything to really compare it to, right? It's only in recent human history that we're like, oh, pigs have feelings. Yeah. Oh, Pigs can also count or however they right, test their right. intelligence. But our interaction with pigs largely have been in an agriculture or domesticated sense. Like we killed a lot of the wild pigs. There aren't a lot of wild pigs out there. Octopuses, we've never had a relationship with. So like we can't judge how our interactions with them have really caused them to evolve in any way. Sure. Yeah, but like that's that doesn't mean an octopus is more special than a pig. Oh, I'm not. I'm not picking favorites here. <laughs> Anyways, if you're an animal expert, please hit us up with some answers here at sexwithghosts underscore on Twitter and Instagram. How about you give us a final thoughts on mermaids? I think they're real. I think you need to think about what you're dumping in the oceans, people, and write a letter to BP to tell them that they're scum because they're killing our merfriends. And yeah, I'm leaning towards existing. There's no reason why they wouldn't exist. Besides the fact that there are no other creatures similar to a person That we know of. I feel like you're giving special just because humans can't breathe underwater like oh, but there are humans that can 
oh, I was just saw a video on this the other day where it was like, what? There's this like special tribe of humans that basically like live in the water. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. Now I'm going to Google it really quick. Yeah, they're called sea gypsies and sea nomads. Bahu tribe, or maybe it's Baju. I just, I really think that you are. The Baju exists. They can breathe underwater for 13 minutes or hold their breath underwater for 13 minutes. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah. Now we have to do an episode on the Baju. Yeah, we do. So I can because... show you how you're racist. Well, but I just think, I, I no, but I'm like thinking in like, I play a lot of video games and like one particular one is called No Man's Sky. And it's a really interesting game because what they do is they procedurally generate worlds in a solar system, which means they use AI to create this random world with air and water and creatures and plants. And it was like Sims, but you're building a world. Kind of, yes. But the idea is like that, I think, at least for me, the idea is that, like, the idea that we as people on this earth live above water and breathe oxygen is just random happenstance. We could live on a swampland and breathe CO2 or, you know, like, there's so many possibilities in our lives that... Mm -hmm. The idea that like a sea person isn't so far fetched, but like we also have to think about the evolutional level of our planet. It would be like, how intelligent do we believe mermaids are? I feel like from what I gathered, they're just like us a little bit. I don't think they're like creating machinery, but I think that they're some sort of animal as like has thoughts and feelings and so in a similar way to a bigfoot they are avoiding humans yeah you're definitely avoiding humans right well i mean a lot of the early stories kind of indicated that they liked that was probably before humans got guns maybe the way that they have now and now it's like try to talk to one of those motherfuckers they started shooting at us and then all the other mermaids told the other mermaids, hey, we got to stop. They're sh- they have guns. I like good guns. Guns that can aim. Maybe. Maybe. The only way to find them now is like by bombing the ocean. No, I'm no. not suggesting that. We do. We got to make sure we never bomb the ocean to protect them. <sighs> well, I don't. I mean, I don't think we have that problem. I think that if anything, they're better prepared to survive the Issues that we're going to be facing in the future. Yeah, if anything, they're going to get more real estate. <laughs> oh, boy. Because of the oceans, the more water. There's going to be more water, less coasts. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> well, thank you, Bridget, for uh, researching mermaids for us while I'm still in tax season. Hey, thanks for listening to me talk about mermaids. So next week, live stream. Yep. Twitch.tv slash SWGhosts. Where can people find you, Molly? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MollyMM9. In case you are listening on this exact date and you haven't done your taxes yet, please contact me because I am happy to fill out an extension for you. The IRS really appreciates when you fill these out and you will not get the additional penalties for not filing on time. Yeah, you still have two days for that. And we can put a link in the show notes for you to ask Molly your questions or get a free consultation. Great idea. And where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget underscore suck it. As I mentioned, you can also find us on our social media, same platforms at sex with ghosts underscore. Uh, feel free to hit us up on there we've definitely have taken episode ideas from there and we have a series coming up that is one that was brought up on twitter so look forward to that 
And wherever you get your podcast, please give us a five-star review that just verifies us to other listeners who may be interested in listening to two people talk about mermaids and other such topics. And if you want to show further support, you can go to patreon.com slash sex with ghosts and five dollars and up you get a bonus of our live stream so if you miss the live stream that's another way to listen to it anything else molly no that's it aloha bye